Awesome, awesome, awesome. They're going to get some good teaching today. How many of you guys remember uh, Sunday school when you were a kid? Does anybody, anybody go to Sunday school when they were a, children, a, a child? Y'all remember it? We got the best teachers and the best curriculum, and so I get so excited. When my, when my, when my kids come home from Sunday mornings, it's like, let me tell you what we learned about today. Reagan now, she's becoming quite the little evangelist um, to where she, she wants to know if people know about Jesus. Do, they, do you just know about Jesus? And she'll go into the gym, and we have a, a gym that we go to. Kim takes the kids there, and they have this kids club where the kids hang out and play while the parents can go and work out. And Reagan, like, has turned... Uh, kids club into church and she gathers the kids around and she will go over the Sunday school lesson with all the kids and it doesn't matter if they're old or young she's like you guys need to hear about Jesus and um, and then she says do you guys have a church <laughs> and, and so she's having fun out there and um, but we have never asked her to tell people about Jesus I'm, I am big on what's called overflow. Do y'all ever heard of overflow? Yes, yes. I am really big on not pouring out what you don't have. Because when you pour out what you don't have, you enter out, you get out of grace and you get into works. You get into, I have to give you a little bit and I'm scared that I am now going to have without and the presence of God is meant to be such a flow in your life that it's the overflow of the presence in your life that actually starts to affect people around you. So guess what? You actually don't have to try to affect people around you. Evangelism isn't a requirement. It is an effect of your intimacy with the presence of God. Amen. That's good. That'll preach. I want to um, give you guys uh, some, some stuff that I got this last week, and I have some gifts for you. How many of you guys like gifts? Anybody like gifts? Okay, good. Um, and these were given to me, so I'm re-gifting, and that's the gospel anyway. So, <laughs> um, How many of you guys like to worship? How many of you guys worship at home? And how many of you guys are just like, you know what, I just... How many of you guys ever just turn on the radio or, or music and just soak in the presence coming through your speakers? You guys ever done that? Okay, well, I have, um, I want to, um, I want to gift this to somebody because um, how many uh, of those people here who worship um, has somebody in your life that you are interceding for? Anyone? You have your hand? Okay, let me see your hand. Okay. All right, now CJ, I'm, I'm getting you. So I want you to come up, and this, is, this album is from Jesus Culture. It's called Love Has a Name. And I really think that uh, God wants you to continue to intercede for that person. And because, because the, person, the person that you're eating, interceding for has a name, the person who they're going to encounter has a name, and that man's Jesus. And as you begin to intercede for that person, and as you're listening to worship, and as you're worshiping, 
just realize that the environment that you are creating in your house, in your home, wherever you're at, is starting to create an opportunity uh, for the angelic angel of hosts to be sent to that person. And the angelic beings are going to actually start to minister to this person. And so your sending, your prayers are actually angelic assignments. They aren't, they aren't hopeful petitions maybe making it to the table of the king. They are actual, um, they are actual missing assignments to the angelic to carry out. Do you guys know that that's what, in the Apostle Paul, he wrote seven letters to the seven angels of seven churches. And so we want to use what God has given us a resource in, and that is the angelic. Amen? We don't pray to angels, but the angels take our prayers, and they actually create an environment for God to move in those opportunities. Amen. We pray to Jesus. All right, so here's another one. How many of you guys like fiction? Anyone like fiction? Fiction readers? How many of you guys of the fiction readers have ever... Um, have ever liked, uh, uh, you guys like the invisible. Like God has really started open up, opening up this, I need to know what's on the other side of what I'm seeing. There is a real desire to cultivate a, a faith atmosphere into where you are able to know what's going on on the other side of this reality. Does anyone want this? This is called The Other Side of the Invisible. And it is a fiction book that we are gifting out today. It's from uh, Janet Keller Richards. It's pretty amazing. Um, so does anyone want this this morning? Gift, fiction? Come on up. Come and get it. Come on. Somebody come and get it. Go for it. All right. Here you go. Enjoy that. Enjoy it. Now, I know somebody in here has something with this next one. Now, this is a, a book from uh, Faith Blatchford. How many of you guys know about her? She's pretty amazing. Um, but I know that the enemy is, uh, he's at war with uh, us in the second heaven. He, we're, we're living here. This right here is called the first heaven right here. We touched this, this dimension. And then there's the second heaven. And, uh, um, but then there's the third heaven, which is where God is. And when we rule and reign, when God says, when Jesus or told, uh, or the angel told um, uh, John in Revelation to come up here, he was inviting him up into the third heaven to see everything that was going on in the second heaven and in the first heaven. And so, how many of you guys know that the devil is after your peace? He's after your peace. If he can get you to get out of peace, then he can actually start to create doubt. He can create worry. And then what he does when he creates doubt and worry, he, he gives you a fix for the worry and the doubt. And that is something where he now says, okay, now you need to, if, if only you will do this, you'll get better. If you, if you would only pray more, God would listen to you. How many of you guys know that is actually, you are now working from works? You see how he does that? First he creates worry, and if you bite on the bait, then he tries to hook you with the works. And then you know what he does? He lets off. Because why? Once he lets off, you think, oh, I've created, I can do this. Now, well, that, that's the lie. You can do this. The, question, the, really, the reality is you can't. 
What God has provided through Jesus takes care of all of that. And he comes after your rest. And this book is actually, I don't know how many of you guys have a trouble with sleeping. You actually don't sleep well. Like at night, you actually loathe going to bed because you feel like you are going to wake up or maybe not even go to bed, but you're not going to be rested. And no matter what you do, it just is like, eh, whatever. And you know what? You've actually tried things, and you've tried things. I want to give you guys an opportunity to dip again into the waters. How many of you guys know when, uh, remember when Elisha told the king to dip seven times? Y'all remember that? How many times did he have to dip? Seven times. Why didn't he get healed on the sixth time? Because he had to dip seven times. And some, some of us here and here are on our third dip. And God says, you just, you don't stop knocking. Don't stop asking. Why, why do you think that it has to come the first time? Keep on going. You keep going until you get it. Amen? So this is called winning the battle for the night. Does anyone in here want this? Come get it. I love this. This says on the back, it says, it's time to take back your nights. Amen. All right? Amen. You know, I'm really excited about actually our entrance. Y'all, you know, Megan talked about how we're going to enter in differently. Come on. So a couple of years ago, the Holy Spirit told me to start, clean, start throwing things out. He said, I want you to just throw stuff out in, in the church. Don't sell it, just get rid of it. And I know I've shared this before, but I see some new faces. And what he said was just, just throw things out. So I started throwing things out. And it was very uncomfortable for me because I, I like to repurpose things. And when he said, just throw it out, throw it out. And I found myself throwing things out that I could easily find use for. But then at the end, I was like, all right, here it goes. And I just got rid of it. I'd throw it in the dumpster, just kept throwing it in the dumpster. And then it wasn't until I, I forgot it. I just, it was an act of obedience. It took me about two to three weeks here around the church, maybe a month, and just was throwing stuff out, throwing out boxes, throwing out old technology, old crafts, old things like that. If I threw anybody stuff away, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I uh, don't, but I did all that, and then I really just forgot about it. And then it wasn't until later that there was a, spirit, a move of creativity that started to happen in the church. And as things started to happen in the church, things actually flowed very quickly. Things were moving quickly, and I, as I said, why? this is so weird. Why have we had a hard time doing this in the past, and why it's so easy? And he said, because there's room for it. There was no room in the old works of what I did do. And he did it, but he was done with it. And so he had me put it in the trash. And then when he wanted to move, it was able to be activated. And there was, it was a steady flow of the move of the creativity. And, and you know, now I'm like, okay, what can I throw? He's like, no, no, no. You throw it away when I say it's time to throw it away. But until that, you don't just don't throw things away because you want to, but you say, because I, maybe someone in here has, the, maybe that's a word for you, maybe the 
Holy Spirit has been on you or, or maybe has been gently nudging you in his amazing way and wants to uh, start shifting some things in your heart. And so when, uh, when I heard we were going to start shifting the way we entered, you know, it's actually, um, I really don't care about inconvenience as long as I'm moving with him. And um, it, it, you know the number one killer of discipleship in our culture today? You, want to, you know the killer of discipleship is convenience. If you want to prevent a discipling culture in a move of God where people are willing to sacrifice, elevate the value of convenience in your walk with God. If all you ever do is search for the most convenient way to search for God, you won't understand the value of sacrifice. So, um, to me, I get excited when a leader comes to me and gives me an opportunity to lay something down, even that I value. Because once they do that, even if, even if uh, I don't know if they're testing me or not, it doesn't matter. I know the Holy Spirit wants to use them to move in me and lay something down because they're asking me to cultivate an environment to have something more valuable be moving in my life. Amen? All right, so let's turn in our Bibles. We're going to just read just a little bit. Um, we're going to just turn for a little bit. I think the Holy Spirit has done a whole lot today. How many of you guys agree? Pretty awesome. And um, I'm not going to be walking around too much here. But I want to um, start off today by uh, really just blessing, blessing this body. And in the next, um, the next you know, few months, we're going to just, I really feel the Holy Spirit uh, wants us to build on what there is an amazing foundation for. And how many of you guys know, how many of you guys have been uh, really just blessed by mom and dad? here, my, my mom and dad, Carol and Ray. You guys have just experienced an amazing touch. And, um, and they're going to enjoy this, this short season where they're just going to relax in the presence of God and just really experience really the, the di different dimensions of what the Holy Spirit has been releasing in our area. And I'm really excited for that. Um, and one of the things that I want to do is really is really just hitch right on to what the momentum they have created here. And that really is in the, in the means of discipleship. So how many of you guys have experienced their heart touching yours? Can I see your hands again? You guys know how much that they, they love people and they have a heart for discipleship. And you know what, you know what I start to think of? I start to think of when, um, the context isn't totally a parallel here, but when when Jesus was telling his disciples that he had to go, go away, and that it was so funny, he said, I must go so that the Comforter may come. Y'all remember that? Yes. So you think about Jesus, and you think about Holy Spirit. They're the same, but they're, 
their manifestation or their, it, they're, they're, they're two different personalities, but they're the same, they're the same God, the three in one. And when, when the disciples heard this, I wonder if they knew the trade-off that they were getting. How many of you guys remember what, when Jesus was sent into the wilderness, you remember when he was tested? Y'all remember that? And that after he was tempted and tested and he passed these tests, the Bible says that he was endued with power. He came out equipped and ready. Amen? I want to know if you guys are ready. So good. Are you guys ready? Yes. So you are coming out. Uh, uh, I, I know that um, when, when Jesus left, he ascended into heaven. And he told, before he did, he told the disciples, I want you to tarry, wait in Jerusalem until the same thing that I got is the same thing that you got. Wait until you get what I've demonstrated to you. So here he does. He goes and he sends these disciples and they're waiting in the upper room. And at some point in their tarrying and waiting, the move of the Holy Spirit happens. And then not only, not only do they get it, but they got more of it. Because what happened, in, what happened in Jesus and what he was demonstrating, and we know all the prophetic that was fulfilled, but then, how many of you guys remember, Peter stood up and said, okay guys, y'all remember when it says that in the last days he will pour out his, his spirit on all flesh and, and sons will prophesy and old men will have, uh, uh, young men will have visions and old men will dream dreams and and, and he starts saying, all, that verse is actually fulfilled right now. And so there was this empowerment that came on the disciples. But the, the empowerment doesn't happen with Jesus being there. Empowerment only comes when the discipler steps out and says, now it's your turn. So I want to encourage you, body of Christ, now it's your turn. That everything that has been deposited into you wasn't for you to hoard it. It wasn't for you to have a coochie life and have, oh, yay, everything is good now, I'm safe. If you have safe, desiring theology, then it is not the gospel you got. It's a distortion of the gospel because Jesus said that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and they did not love their life unto death. We can't be afraid of death. We all know that that's just a point of transition and we are sorrowful for when that happens to others at what we feel is an a, a undesirable time. But our trust isn't in our timing, our trust is in the Lord no matter what happens. 
Paul talks about, hey, look, I know how to be thankful. I know how to be okay in all seasons. Amen? So what we're going to do, we're going to, <laughs> we're going to read, uh, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 10, and we're going to go to the very bottom, and it's Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Luke 10, verse 38. You guys there? Say amen. amen. All right. As I'm reading, reading from the, uh, the New Living Translation, says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet. Everyone say sat. sat. Listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted. Everyone say distracted. distracted. By the big dinner she was preparing. All right. So one person is sitting and the other person is distracted. Are you sitting or are you distracted? Can you be distracted while sitting? <coughs> what? <laughs> can you be... Can you be distracted? Can you be doing a lot of good? She came to Jesus and said, Lord... I need you to fix this lady. She's lazy. No. She says, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you? It's pretty, pretty interesting logic. Unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work. Tell her to come and help me. So... For me, there's something that I am learning that I want to, I really want to portray in the next six months. There, there's a lot that can be done in our city. There's a lot that can be done in our schools. There's a lot that can be done in our families. There's a lot that can be done here at the church. There's a lot that can be done in our government. There's a lot, 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 there's a lot. And why? Why do we need to do all that? Well, because it has to get done. Because there's certain things that need to happen, and, and there's a certain way that it, this, is gonna, this is what's going to bring a kingdom environment into our, our world in this epic season and time. But I want to I want to explore a different I want to explore a different path to that means. As things can be done out of distraction and not out of intimacy. I'm doing all the work. Tell her to come and help me. And verse 41 says, "But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset." over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken away from her. 
How, how many things are you concerned about today? How many things have your, have your peace? What has taken the stock of your heart? What have you sold it to? What, what is owning that? What, what is grabbing you? And what is, what, is, what is turning your heart? When you come in to the presence of Jesus, when you, let's just say you just walk in here today. When you come in here and you grab your seat and you place your Bible down and you do all these things, at what point is it not about anything else but Jesus? Does it, do you allow yourself to say, okay, all of these things that I, that are trying to grab a hold of me, I say no, and you put them down, and you sit with Jesus. Right now, right now, as I'm speaking, are you sitting with Jesus? How many things are going through our minds right now and in an attempt to sabotage our effectiveness and the world we say we want to change. Because we are worried about all the details. And I think more things can be changed out of rest than they can out of work. I think that, I think rest confuses the enemy. I think when the enemy sees Jesus sleeping in the storm, he doesn't know what to do. As a matter of fact, he realizes that if you can sleep through the storm, you aren't the slave, you're the master. You can become the master of the storm if you can sleep through it. You do not allow the storm to dictate, determine your peace. All the things that are running through our mind right now, this is called a storm. And do you know why? Because you want to fix things? Because you feel like you have joined with God and moving in, if you feel like you're on a crusade and there's things that you have to do, I just want to say, be free to question the spirit that is making you feel like you have to do something. Learn to sleep. Learn to rest. When all hell is coming up around against you, what is your reaction in the storm? Jesus would have slept through the whole thing. He calmed the storm to teach the disciples they too can sleep through the storms. Because they wouldn't have slept through the storm, so he calmed the storm. But God wants in us to build up the ability to trust and to sit. Just sit. You guys know what I'm talking about? It, it isn't, I will say, it isn't easy 
if you're in the wrong spirit. If this is work for you, if you have to work to sit, you're still in the wrong spirit. What you have to do in order to release that spirit that's operating in you, you have to be able to identify the motives behind the spirit. If what I'm trying to do is create an environment of love, joy, uh, of, of a sound mind, and power, and love for myself. See, Martha wanted to control her environment. She wanted to see the things around her be done. Why? Was it for her? Was it for Jesus? I'm sure part of her really felt that, you know, that Jesus, come on, this, is, this dinner is for you. Don't you want this dinner? And he says, no. What did he want? He wanted her to relax in his presence like Mary was. So of all the stuff that we can worry about in our life, Oh, my son, oh, he's fallen away, and he's, oh, he's this, and oh, my wife, and oh, my husband, oh, my kids, oh, my this, oh, my job, oh, my whatever. God is worried about the peace in those things. He actually isn't worried about those things. He actually wants you to say, look, if all those things were to go in the trash, if you were to lose your job, if you were to lose your kids, if you were to lose your family, if you were to lose your dreams, if you were to lose everything, where am I? Am I the last resort or am I your first response? Can you come? Can you relax? What I want to do in the next couple months, I want to intentionally, intentionally release a spirit and presence of rest and empowerment through rest. It isn't a spirit of we're not doing anything. It's a spirit that allows the fruit of your labor to be done out of the natural process of receiving. How difficult is it for a tree to bear fruit? How difficult it is. How long does it take? Are you willing? How does a tree bear fruit? Well, it does it very naturally and very steadily and very easily. And it comes through one mode. It receives. It receives the rain. It receives the nutrients from the soil. It doesn't try to go make sure all the other trees are doing okay and make sure that their tree has... Are, are you, are you going to have a harvest today? Are, are you... You better... You got to get in the right... No, 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 no. All it does is it receives and it creates an environment for fruit to grow, develop, and be sent. And then it receives creates an environment for there to be growth, development, and sending, and sending, and sending. And it doesn't create orange trees as if it's an apple tree. If it's an apple tree, it creates more of itself after its kind. It just keeps putting out what it is as it receives. You know what? 
you are worth, you, I want to say this, I think you need to have people come after you and follow you. Do you think that about yourself? Do you tell people, oh, no way. Do not live how I'm living. Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you look at yourself so poorly to where you don't think you are worth recreating in this world? Jesus, if you have the spirit of Christ in you, you have the spirit of recreating what you are. If you don't want other people to be like you, that isn't the spirit of Christ in you. Because the spirit of Christ, and you need to cast that out, by the way. You need to get rid of that. But if you have the spirit of Christ in you, it says, I need to be discipled, and I need to be discipling. Every single one of you deserve and are worthy to have people come under the same mantle that you have been under and recreate what you are. Trust me, you are worth it. Yes. And you, you, you have been grafted in to what God is doing and something is going to come out of you. And listen, God is not looking after ministries. He actually doesn't care about the ministries that are created out of you. He cares about the people that come out of you. In the next six months, it's, to me, it's, it's not about how many people we have in the, an outreach ministry or this, reach or this ministry or that ministry. It's about the people that come out of who we are as a natural part of the growth of what we're receiving. Amen? Here's what I want to do. I just want to, I want to have my leaders come forward right now. We're going to have just a quick time of prayer. And I'm going to pray over them. So leaders, my, my, I actually, we have, Kim and me have 12 leaders, actually. It was kind of fun. So come up here, babe. We're going to pray over them, and they are going to come through, and they're just going to touch. They're just going to touch you, and, and um, we're going to, y'all come in the middle. Y'all come in the middle. We're just going to pray and release and bless them. Some of our leaders aren't here. That's awesome. Um, that's okay. And we're just going to, uh, release a spirit of discipleship on them and them over you to receive and redistribute the goodness of God. Amen? So, Father, I just thank you for, for our, our disciplers here this morning, and we just thank you for the spirit of peace, spirit of peace, and we just bless them. Lord, it is, it is actually just, this is destroying the works of the enemy, the works of doubt, the works that say things are impossible or this is just the way it is, the curses that come on the mind that create a spirit of stagnation or just the, the anti-repentant spirit that says this is the way it's always going to be. It's an anti-change spirit and we just release the spirit of blessing, of enablement, of grace and we just say, be released. In Jesus' name, and they are going to continue. They are going to go out right now, and they're just going to start touching you. They're going to start speaking over you, and I and I'm going to intercede 
on their behalf as they go out and they're just going to launch. And as they receive, they're receiving right now. And as they receive, they are going to come and they are going to bless. They are going to touch you. And they're going to break anything on you that is an anti-rest spirit. God wants us to be in a spirit of receiving. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence this morning. I thank you that as these men and these women are going out, that the kingdom of heaven is being preached. It is the it is the presence of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is baptizing. It is immersing. Go out into all the world and immerse the world in the presence of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And right now, we just immerse this congregation with the Father. We immerse this congregation with the Son, Jesus. And we immerse this congregation with the Holy Spirit the spirit of reconciliation that has a desire to restore us into the creation that actually Jesus has already revealed. And we just thank you that that faith is released, that the knowledge of who we have been created in Christ Jesus comes into our hearts and is enabled and is activated and redistributed. And in the name of Jesus, we break any spirit that comes against the knowledge of God and its power in our life. And we just release that spirit. We say in the name of Jesus, this congregation is blessed. They are a part of the heart of God. Thank you, Jesus. And we just receive, we just bring us in. Lord, just your word came forth a couple weeks ago that we would just drink deeply, drink deeply. Drink deeply. Let your people taste and see that the Lord is good. Let them experience the donut of your presence. Let them experience the sweet, savory flavor, the goodness of God. That they would would receive love. That we would not be commissioned out out of a mandate that we feel has to get done but the mandate that we have is a mandate of sitting at your feet and resting and receiving. And that presence would create an overflow that would spill over into the people that you have a heart for. But Lord, our heart is not towards others. Our heart is towards you. Our heart is for you. Yes, we will love others, but the way we love others is by sitting with you and receiving from your Spirit from your goodness, from your love. And that's how the world will know. That's how the world will know. They will see the good works and they will glorify the Father in heaven. Father, we just thank you for administering peace this morning. We thank you, God. You're so good. So good. Lord, we just ask right now Um, And all of the worries, all of the doubt that the enemy would love us to try to engage in and even tease with. And Lord, we just thank you for giving us eyes in the spirit to see the trick of the enemy. We would see his, his schemes. We would see how he tries to sabotage our peace 
by making us engage the enemy rather than engaging the presence of God. Lord, we would be a people of warfare on our knees in love with you. That as we enter in into your presence and as we engage in our hearts how good you are, the storms would see who the master is and who the slave is. And we thank you, God, that you have seated us in heavenly places, that you have, are moving in our hearts, and we just thank you for the administration of peace that is coming into this place right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for teaching us how to sit. You taught us, you brought us to still waters, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you make us lay down. You make us lay down. All the worries we submit to you. Every storm we submit to you. Every loved one that we have we submit to you. Every child that is wayward we submit to you. Every bill that is unpaid we submit to you. Every spirit of striving, we submit to you. We actually lay it at your feet. We say, God, these things belong to you, and we submit to what it is you want us to do. We won't do it on our own, and we won't make you proud by trying to accomplish it without you. Lord, yes, there, there are dinners that need to be prepared, but they only need to be prepared when that's what, is, that's what you're doing. And Holy Spirit, we just release that mandate that introduces a works environment. Lord, we just thank you for moving in our hearts. Moving in our hearts. Moving in our hearts. Jesus. They're going to continue to pray. But I, I want to I I tell you guys that this is... Um, something that I am receiving and moving in. And yes, things, there are things to be done in my life. You don't lay down your responsibilities, but you do lay down your worries. You do lay down the mandate that you have for other people to do as good as you're doing. And you release that spirit of self-control and you engage the presence of Jesus. Engage Jesus. He's in front of you. And all these things, all these things will be added to you. But there is one thing you must seek first. Heavenly Father, we just release this spirit, that this spirit of performance. We just release that to you. Yes, there are resources that you have given us and you do want us to activate, but we are just releasing, we are releasing that spirit of the need for approval. That is just, we annihilate that in the name of Jesus. And we say, Holy Spirit, you have approved us. Jesus was the sign of the Father's approval. It was Jesus that was sent 
from God to show us who we were to him. Jesus was not a symbol of what you could be like. Jesus Jesus was come to show you who the Father thought you were. The Bible says, we were all hidden in Christ. What the Father is waiting for is for us to see who he thinks we are through his son, Jesus. Jesus was perfect. Who does the Father see you as? Perfect. Sin will make you enter in to an attempt rather than living in Christ's completion. Father, we just release the spirit of completion. We just thank you, God, for the heart of restoration restoring us to this place. Just minister to your people. Minister to your people. Just we receive, God. Just receive. Guys, just receive. Just soak him in. Just take a deep breath of God's presence. And I want you just to expand your lungs and let his air just fill you in and just breathe out the presence of God. Breathe it in and breathe it out. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. What an awesome, awesome time in your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary discovered it. It will not be taken away from you. The cool thing about this, it cannot be taken away from you. You know why Jesus was discovered by Mary at the tomb? She learned how to sit. Mary, the first person who Jesus appeared to after the resurrection, wasn't his disciples. It was Mary. Here he says, Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. This cannot be taken away from you. The enemy will try to tell you it can be taken away. It cannot. That is a lie. And we know what a lie is because we've encountered the truth and it becomes a part of who we are. Amen. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are the one that's moving in this place. And those of you who... who, uh, Uh, need to experience the presence of God, continue just to wait on him. And he is, he's really excited about what we are engaging in. And you know, this is the same spirit that even dad and mom are entering into. It's the spirit of rest. They're just relaxing. They're engaging the wonders and the goodness of what God is doing. So Father, we just thank you for opening our eyes because we've tasted your presence and we see that you are good. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, as, as we are even released um, out this morning, um, 
what we are releasing, we're, we're not being sent out to do something. We're sent out to be an extension of your presence. And we just thank you for the move of God among your people this morning, through the people. God, you, you have created, you have created, God, an amazing environment for people to experience your presence one after another. And Father, we just thank you that people are going to experience a supernatural peace that is flowing out of them. And Lord, we would learn, we would learn to sleep in our storms. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you guys want to give somebody a hug, and even if you guys want to pray over one another, that's cool. Or uh, we're going to um, we're going to release you this morning, and what we're releasing is the presence of God coming out of you. God's gonna God's gonna really do some cool things in our hearts in these next couple months. We love you guys, and uh, we'll see you tonight at Life Groups.